0: Sarah and I are planning to go on the student uh, mission trip to Brazil this summer, and so we're going back through uh, Portuguese, trying to get sharpened uh, for that trip, and it's interesting how so many words in Portuguese are the exact same word, uh, same words in English, so taxi in English, and in Portuguese it's taxi, bar is bar, and if any of our students use those two words in a sentence while they're in Brazil, we're going to have a problem, but... Some words sound. You can just hear them and you know exactly what it is. So if you hear uh, the word "interneti," you know it's internet, right? If it's importanci, important. Uh, some words as well, just by the way they sound, you can hear the root word and you can realize, okay, I know what that means. Prohibido, uh, prohibited, forbidden. You got that one. Uh, I love how some of the other words too, uh, You you hear... What is the root word? And you can guess the meaning. Precisar, precious. Precisar, it's the word to need, kind of like Gollum. It is precious uh, to me, right? And then there's other words, too. The word for impolite is mal educado, bad education. If you're acting impolite, somebody didn't raise you right, okay? (laughs) And same thing with other words, too. It would it'd be pronounced ultimo, but it's ultimo. What is ultimate? And the word ultimo, ultimo, in Portuguese means last. That's the ultimate. It's to be last. And then this last word that I bumped into, I didn't know this word, but it just happened to pop up a few weeks ago on my uh, Portuguese app. Uh, lento. Lent. Lento. You know what it means? Slow. Slow down. And that's what we want to do over these weeks together, is to observe a holy Lent. There are so many things going on right now, right? It's March Madness, and what does March Madness mean? College wrestling and college hockey and then some other sports, right? But it's the busyness of not just that sports, but then you got college baseball starting up. We've just finished co- uh, high school soccer and finishing up high school basketball playoffs, starting all these high school sports, uh, spring sports, softball, baseball, track, all that. Uh, it's a busy time for families. You're already thinking about spring break and what you're going to do. It's a crazy season, and what The church has reminded us year after year is slow down. Take time in your devotional life, in your church life, to do that hard work of Lent, that work of really looking at ourselves. May this be a season of self-examination and repentance, but also that we can stop and gaze at our Savior to watch his life. And that's what we're going to do over these weeks. Our pastors are going to share in a sermon series. And we're just going to look at the life of Jesus during Holy Week. What do we see him doing? What does he give priority to? What marks his life in those final days? Those days are packed with busyness the cross as we've just heard my time is at hand the cross is ever before him and so what do you see Jesus making sure that he does in his final minutes how does he finish well what does he give to his followers and friends what do we see him doing and this morning in this passage but throughout uh, the gospels in holy week We we see him doing something that maybe I, maybe you, do not do well enough. And it's the importance of, even with a critical task before us, to make sure we take time to slow down. That we take time for worship. That we take time for real rest. Not just physical rest, but relational rest. Watch Jesus' life here. We just see it over and over again. Jesus has had the work of the cross before him. If you remember, he's, he's gone. Last week we had, we had Transfiguration Sunday. We, he's gone to the northernmost point of his ministry, really. He turns, as Luke says, he sets his face uh, to Jerusalem to go and die. And he's got that always before him. But it's of serious note he takes time in this week for worship, for rest. He's built margin into his life to be with friends and to fellowship even in that critical week. What do you do? What do you do? It's the week before vacation. It's it's the week before a big project is due. It's a week before friends or in-laws are coming into your house. What do you need to clean? What do you need to hide? You know? We are a busy, busy culture. And it's right to be busy about several things. We are to be good stewards with our vocation, stewards with our family, stewards in our community. But are we doing the work that we see Jesus doing here, this work of worship and rest? Even with limited hours, he knows the cross is before him. His time is at hand, and yet he rests, he visits, he connects. And he worships. So if I'm just going to give you a few words, that's the first word. Verse 18 is worship. I will keep the Passover. Now when does he say that? He says that right after saying my time is at hand. This is the reason Jesus has come. The Lamb of God has come into his city to give his life for our sins. To die for us. To take our our place. We've reminded ourselves of that week after week in recent weeks. I have come, my time is at hand. The very next sentence is, I will keep the Passover. Y'all have probably done this before in this church. I'd love for us one day to just talk about the Seder meal, the Passover meal, and all the imagery of that's in there about who Jesus is, all that he's come to accomplish, what we can have in him. But this isn't the first time you've, you've caught him at Passover and at worship. At 12 years old, We've got him at a festival. In John's gospel, there's three different Passover accounts. In John's gospel, he's also at the, the, uh, the, the festival of, 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 the, uh, of the tabernacles. In John uh, chapter 5, I don't know which one of the festivals it is. You might know, but he's at one of those as well. Over and over again, we find Jesus in synagogues, at the temple, at these festivals, busy in these three years of public ministry, yes, to get to the cross, to get his teaching out, to do the work, to do healings, but it's worship, it's worship, it's worship, it's worship. And he set the model uh, for us, for his people. One of my favorite things about uh, the men's ministry fight club we had back in august really two favorite things the first favorite thing is watching a bunch of 30 and 40 year olds uh, we had set up because it's called fight club we had set up a bunch of nintendos and watching them just get crushed playing mike tyson punch out they thought they could go back and play it and they were just getting crushed i love watching that uh, but i love the worship as much as i enjoyed uh, the teaching uh, i love i love the worship and hearing guys sing and listen that's not always true my first Sunday at one of my churches where I was a youth pastor, I almost lost my job that day. The, nobody prepared me for a senior pastor that not only could not sing, but sang loudly. And I, I had not learned the Passover, I mean, excuse me, I hadn't learned the, the preacher poker face yet. I hadn't learned how to do that. And I almost got fired that day because it was loud and it was terrible. And I just, oh, if they, had, if they filmed services back then. And I had gotten better so that when we moved to another church and we went to, anybody ever been to a cluster event? Anybody remember cluster meetings back in the day? Nobody? Okay. That's why I took a salary because y'all made me go to cluster meetings. So we went, we went to cluster meetings and they had these group sings or fellowship sings. And my children uh, affectionately called this one particular group the the goat women of simpson county because there was so much vibrato working and my kids were losing it sarah and i were punching both of them from either side right singing worship um you just see it throughout scripture Paul talks about the importance of singing hymns, spiritual songs. James 5, if you're cheerful, sing hymns. Revelation 5, 14, 15, other places of singing in glory. Paul and Silas are in prison. You've got to act tough in prison. No, they're singing in prison. James 5, if you're cheerful, we already said that. 1 Corinthians, I will sing in the spirit. I will sing in mind also. You get to verse 30 in our passage today, and when they are moving to the mount of olives they are singing a hymn i look forward to many things in glory to be able to be in jesus's presence and to sing to him but then to hear him sing he's singing this day he'll sing in glory and uh Created for worship. How how is that just over and over again in Jesus' life, critical to him. This is a horrific week for Jesus. It's a, a crazy week. It's a frenetically paced week. And you find Jesus again. I will keep the Passover. They closed with a hymn. It marks Jesus' life. I'm so glad you're here today. Make sure you and I are staying in worship. We're staying in the spiritual disciplines over this season. We are called to so much as a church. You are called to so much as believers, to be ambassadors of Christ to your families, to your friends, to your community. And we've got to be in worship. We've got to be with the Lord so we can do the things we're called to do. Jesus takes time, even in this week, to worship not only does he worship but the second word verse 30 is rest it's physical rest it's relational rest as well as spiritual rest we've talked about before uh, that jesus every night of holy week except the last night that he's there every night he's not in jerusalem well, wait, 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 that's where the action is that's where the people are Every night, he's making that long trek. The trek that they're going to make in our passage just now to go to the Mount of Olives, it's the same trek to get to the town of Bethany. And that's where we see all four Gospels record a trip to Bethany, cross the Kidron Valley, up the Mount of Olives, about two miles. It's Jesus' pattern to leave the city, to go to Bethany, and to be with friends. And, and, And really, what we take from that is to rest. There's probably a million people. It's the most attended festival, we know that, of the major festivals, the worship festivals, it's Passover. If you live within a certain mile range, if you're a Jewish male, you had to go. It is packed. They're right there. The people that don't know Jesus, they're right there, and he does it. You read these gospel readings over these weeks. Just read through every Holy Week account. That's what we're going to be going through, is all four gospels, and he's speaking to enemies, and he's reaching out to the crowd, but every night it's rest. Every night it's withdrawal we rest and we withdraw even in a busy and an important season so we can be busy better he rests he withdraws i shared with you about bethany six years ago we looked at that town so you can go back to that sermon in 2018 but one of my favorite moments was recounting a young man uh, he was probably in his late 30s early 40s he was a widower and just struggling. And I had, I had shared something about the importance of Bethany, that we all need that in our lives. We need a, a physical place, a prayer closet. We need certain friends in our life, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we need a Bethany. And he raised his hand in, in Bible study and said, Preacher, I need a Bethany. That's what he said, so I thought that was funny. <laughs> so what Jesus does here, he withdraws, he withdraws with these 12 for this Passover meal he's about to go to the garden and withdraws with the inner three would you all pray with me I'm at the point of death how critical it is for a place of rest but also to have a people of rest I didn't pay the extra dollar 99 to read the article but in the Atlantic I saw a post just this week that said this and he was they were talking about the drop in in church attendance and participation in in the American church The defining problem driving people out of church is just how American life works in the 21st century. Contemporary America simply isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life. Rather, it is designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. Such a system leaves precious little time or energy for forms of community that don't contribute to one's professional life, or as one ages to the professional prospects of one's children. Workism reigns in America, and because of it, community in America, religious community included, is a math problem that does not add up. What we see in our Savior's life, the very Son of God is that If we want to work well, if we want to do the Father's will well, if we want to speak the words of God well, we have to be with God, and we have to be with God's people, a place to rest, a people to rest. The cross is before him, the crowds and their needs are before him, and Jesus still spends time alone and gets the encouragement of a place and a people, and really God too. We transfiguration. That's, it's just like God to come and speak a word right before Jesus makes his trek to Jerusalem. This is my son. The father speaks into his life. Just before Jesus has his showdown with the devil in, in the wilderness, the father at his baptism says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased it's just like god to go before us to speak a word if we'll listen if we'll draw near to him and rest in him and you see it throughout jesus's ministry i don't know if this is there there are some places in scriptures where you'll find a bracket where we're not sure. This isn't in the earliest manuscripts. Probably happened, but we're not sure if we say this is Scripture. Only happens a few times. One of them, though, and it sounds like God, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, where they're about to go, and his best friends keep falling asleep on him, it sounds just like God, because what else happens in the Garden? You remember in the Gospel of Luke? An angel comes. If if you three aren't going to strengthen my son an angel will strengthen my son while he prays. It's just like God, we 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 withdraw and he will meet us and strengthen us. Even in Hebrews, the mystery of the cross and that Jesus through the spirit is offering himself up. The importance of relationships, the importance of relational rest. And you see it here and even this mo- this model too of, of meals and the importance of meals for us to take. It's one of my favorite things to do. And you can look at me and tell. I love doing that with y'all. I probably had three or four lunches or breakfasts with y'all this week. Please call me. Call Robert. Call Corey. Linda. All. We love to talk about faith. Not just to have lunch or coffee or at the office, but really talk about faith. Can we have those conversations? Because we need it. One of my uh, favorite professors in seminary shared a quote this week. It was Wesley's last sermon at Oxford and basically just called him on the carpet and says, what kind of Christian city is this? You, you guys won't even have a spiritual conversation. You won't even talk of Christianity. Don't take that for granted, that kind of conversation. Oh, we need it. I need it. You need it. And you see Jesus at the table here throughout his ministry, whether it's reclining at the table at Bethany just before Holy Week, here, other places, how critical it is for us to have that kind of rest um, uh, together and to invest in each other. Let me just say this as we close. I know we talked about evangelism, but if you look at verse 24, there's that reminder again about table ministry. I just want to encourage you on that, that that can be a great place just over coffee. That's where most people come to Christ now. It's not preachers, but it's just one friend telling another friend, one coworker telling another worker, a co-worker, another family member telling another family in just a safe setting like coffee or a meal or home fellowship. You just see that all the time. You see it here in Holy Week, this last minute. I don't know the name of the man, but there's a certain man. Go and tell him he's opening his home. yeah, You can have my home. And he opens his home to this Passover meal for Jesus. And how often we go to this text for encouragement? That man opened his home. Sarah was telling me about one of her heroes in the faith. Open their home to their whole neighborhood. Anytime you need to come, you come eat with us. It got so popular they're just eating hot dogs now because they can't afford anything else, but they've got hot dogs ready to go. And if everybody comes over, why? Because here at this table, God's transformed my life radically. And so you can come. And I want to talk to you about how he can transform your life at the table. Zacchaeus, come down. Got to go to your house today. Matthew, sinners, tax collectors. Let's eat together. Let's relate together together what a great opportunity not just to be encouraged and to find rest for our faith but could you gift that uh, to somebody else we see it over and over again in the scriptures how important our houses can be and listen I know I know you don't want me in your home I know that when I was a minister of evangelism at Christ Methodist Church I'd spend every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night driving, getting losses before GPSs, getting lost in North Jackson, Madison, going to visit p- people in their homes. I call now, hey, we want to come over and talk. Nope, not cleaning up for you. And I'm not going to be here. Just not. It's a different day. But you free for breakfast? You free for coffee? Or could you open your home to a friend, uh, somebody who's lonely? somebody who's struggling. It's a great ministry. You see that ministry here. Tell a certain man to open his home, and he did. Before the work of the cross, there's the priority of worship, rest, fellowship, and others. May we be just as busy getting ready for the thing as we are working on the thing, whatever that is whatever ministry God's called you to, whatever vocation God's called you to, whatever family or friendships he's blessed you with, most of us are tired. Most of us can be short-tempered. Most of us are just going from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Even at this critical week as you watch Jesus's life, it's worship and it's rest and it's connection. Let's take that time. It's Hymn 316, take time to be holy. May we slow down and that be our response through these weeks together. Let's stand together.